Welcome to the Bolt from the Blue Transfer Special podcast. And I suspect this will be maybe one of a number of them that we might do through the summer. And with me, I have got Ray from uh, the YouTube uh, channel City Fan TV. Ray, how are you doing? Hey, Mike, I'm all right. I hope you're well too. Um, watching a little bit of the Euros, I'm never a big fan of the international football these days um but just watching a few minutes of italy play because it's got roberto mancini as yep. the manager mm-hmm. and um what we're going to do is start off with the the name uh, ray that is dominating um the uh, the transfer headlines regarding man city and that's uh, jack grealish and i was a bit confused um about where he would possibly fit in the city team because he's been playing wide left for villa and uh, for England, and so it it, it uh, left me scratching my head a little bit. What do you think? Um, yeah, look, I mean, I, I think I like Jack Grealish. I think he can play in a few different positions. I think he can play left wing if we need him, right wing. Uh, he can play as a, a attacking midfielder, uh, you know, just behind a striker. Who knows if he can play the false nine as well? So I, I, I like him. Um, I know some fans aren't keen because. He hasn't. They don't think he's fast enough. They don't think he offers anything that different to someone like Mares or anyone else that we've got. But personally, uh, I think he does. I think he's got uh, that little bit extra about him, that little bit of magic. Um, you know, this time last year we were talking about Lionel Messi coming to City, bringing his magic with him. Uh, that's not uh, happened. Um, I like the idea of Jack Grealish bringing his blend of magic with him. Um, I think he's the most fouled player in the Premier League. Um, some people, it depends, you can look at that as a half glass, full half glass empty. Some people can say he holds on to the ball too long and he gets fouled. Others will say, look, you know, that's how dangerous he is. That opposition teams want to foul him. Um, and if you're double teaming him, even triple teaming him, you know, if you've got two or three defenders attacking him together, crowding him out, that sh- should mean there's some space for somebody else free. So uh, I-, I like all those attributes. I think he scored a reasonable number of goals for Villa uh, this season. I- off the top of my head, honestly, I can't remember. But he scored a, a reasonable number. And he, I mean, we-, we saw when he was um, injured, when he was injured for a, a little while uh, this season, Villa just really felt you know, from being uh, up there challenging, looking like the... Uh, would get a, a European spot uh, very, very quickly. Uh, they fell fell off a cliff, really, and uh, they st- uh, pretty much struggled after that. So 
Um, you know, he's not scored a lot of goals. I'm just looking at his record in, in his games in the Premier League. I mean, last season, um, he's got six goals, but he got 10 assists. So he's got a good return. That's 16 goals and assists in 26 appearances. Uh, he also created 14 big chances. So um, I'm, I'm quite pleased with his stats. Uh, but he's obviously he's got a bit more than just the, uh, just the stats. Uh, I think great addition to City. Where do you think uh, we stand in the uh, process of, of signing him amidst all of the speculation? A lot <sighs> of people think it's a done deal, a lot of, you know, and then you get reports of Aston Villa saying that they want to hold on to him. So presumably it's not done. But where do you think it is? It lies at the moment. Well, let's look at Aston Villa first. Obviously, they don't want to lose their be- best player. Um, you know, if they want to stay in the Premier League, which uh, obviously they do, if they want to challenge for, for European places, which obviously they do, their owners do, their, their owners have got a few quid behind them, um, they've got to keep the best players. You cannot afford to lose your best players uh, and have that churn and then have to go out and get somebody else and, and wait a season or two for them to hit, hit the mark and then lose them. So they want to keep him. But you look at the you know the business they've done already this this summer and what they're trying to do, and you just think, you know, they got that fella from Brighton. They're trying to get uh, the, that kid um, from Arsenal, uh, Smith-Rowe. So they're trying to get him. Um, you look at it two ways again. Are they preparing for the loss of Jack Grealish by buying, you know, a few players before they get the money? Because if they've got the money already in the bank, uh, other teams will put a little bit of extra on their uh, transfer um, prices. We've seen that many, many times. Uh, I think we saw that when when Leicester sold uh, Harry Maguire to United. They knew United wanted him. They ended up paying 80 million. But when Leicester wanted to go and buy a defender who probably was worth 30 or 40 million, I think I can't remember who it was now, but the, uh, the other clubs said um, 60 to 80 million. And so once they know you've got some money uh, in your back pocket, uh, clubs will ask for a bit more. So I think maybe Villa are going out buying those players now before they get too expensive um, for uh, getting ready for the loss of Jack Grealish. Or maybe they're building a team around Jack Grealish and the new players will uh, add to what they've already got. It's hard to tell. My feeling is if they're going to get two or three players at the 30, 40 million pound level, Jack Grealish could be on his way. Well, if he does come, um, without any outgoings, that would be a very congested midfield. And I think the likeliest uh, person to go, um, who has apparently expressed a desire to leave, is uh, Bernardo Silva. Apparently, he um, he asked to leave last summer, um, and it didn't happen. And uh, he has apparently been um, renewing uh, that request that he leave. Apparently, he hasn't settled in Manchester and he's not fond of um, life there, and he wants mm-hmm. to leave. What do you think about this, Ray? Um, well, I remember reading one report, and uh, now look, the re- obviously the reports come from a particular journalist. I, I don't know who that is, uh, and then it's uh, you know, as usual, like any uh, report, whether it's true or not, it spreads like wildfire. Um, now, the one thing I'd read that really puzzled me was the talk of last summer him going. to to Barcelona. That was absolute rubbish, in my, my opinion. I just cannot see how that can be given any any merit, that thought, because Barcelona are skint. Last summer, Barcelona could not... They wanted Memphis Depay. They couldn't pay the money for him. Uh, he was in his last year of his contract at 
uh, Leon. They couldn't pay the money for him. They wanted Eric Garcia. They couldn't pay 15, 16 million quid for Eric Garcia. So how on earth could they have thought they could pay 50 or 60 million quid for Bernardo Silva? You know, I, 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 I just don't buy that. And if you look at the business they've done this summer, Sergio Guerrero on a free transfer, oh, he'll have hefty wages, but um, he's going to be getting paid less than he was at City. Eric Garcia, if he eventually goes, it's on a free transfer. And there's already talk uh, many, many months ago that what deal they were offering him in terms of wages last summer, they've halved it. So, um, and there was talk of him not being too uh, keen on having his wages halved. That's an issue. I mean, some of the existing, the current players, they cut their took a, um, a pay cut. We saw Gini Wijnaldum, who we all thought was going to Barcelona, um, getting uh, they got gazumped by PSG, but uh, PSG just offered more money to the player, and he went there. And the numbers they were talking about, I was a bit surprised that, but you know, that it was that low. It was, I think, I mean, it's, it's good money. Don't get me wrong. It's a it's under eight million a season. I think it's about seven and a half million, let's say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feels to me that Barcelona don't have the money. So how on earth could they buy? Have even thought of con- contemplated buying him? Last summer, that that has no credibility. That that story. So it then brings it into doubt anything else that particular journalist might say, in my opinion. Because if you know, if that's just poppycock, and if you're going to light make stuff up about that, then what else are you going to make up? So I don't know if Bernardo's unhappy. We're relying on journalists saying that he's unhappy. He he might be. He might not be. Yes, it does rain a little bit more in Manchester than um, maybe in um, in Spain. You know, maybe the food's a little bit different. Maybe it's hard for him to settle. I don't know. He always seems like a happy-go-lucky chap. He's always uh, seems to have a sm- generally have a smile on his face. He plays with a smile on his face. He works uh, extremely hard. So it's it's hard to tell from what you see on the pitch. And obviously the contrived videos, obviously that you know that that, that Manchester City puts out. You know, um, um, so you don't really know how the players are feeling. Um, but I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I don't personally want him to leave. I think there's other players I'd I'd much prefer to leave before Bernardo Silva. He's not too old. I think he's still only 26, 27. Uh, he's a human dynamo. That's one of the reasons I want to keep him. I think he works extremely hard. Uh, I, I, and personally, as I said, I'd, I'd be sorry to see him go. Yeah, it it, it, it would be a shame if he went. And, and also, uh, any talk of people suggesting that uh, Grealish would be a replacement for him, that doesn't uh, doesn't compute basically because uh, they're very very different players obviously yeah. and uh, there's not uh, there's not the same defensive uh, uh, abilities in in Grealish that there is in Bernardo Silva so the idea of one replacing the other doesn't really compute although um, no. I take the point about Barcelona not being valid um, a valid buyer or a legitimate buyer uh, but I think. Um, they have said about interest from Atletico Madrid. Um, okay, they've got the money, I think. Uh, yeah, right. So that's that that that's basically what 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 was fueling that. Um, but uh, we'll keep our eye on the situation. It's pretty interesting, and it's a good situation that City are in um, to have such a such a deep squad. But anyway, um, the one hole in our squad that there is is the one left by Sergio Aguero, and so all of the talk of Erling Haaland has gone dead, and now it's. Harry Kane, what do you think? Yep, um, let's look at it from Harry Kane's point of view. Harry Kane wants to leave Spurs, okay? There's no secret about that. He said so. He And uh, quite surprisingly, I thought, 
before the end of the season, before the end of the season, he had done he'd done an interview. He you know his uh, the news broke out. Okay, uh, the news came out that he wanted to leave Spurs. That was about I think two or three games before the end of the season, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, you'd, you'd think that he'd wait till the end of the season. They were still challenging for the Champions League spots. Um, uh, so I'm, I was a bit surprised that it'd come out then. But I, if you if you try to read between the lines, it's my my idea is that he wants to try and get something wrapped up really quickly before the Euros. Get it done and dusted. Focus on the Euros. He's already uh, so. If if that's if that's true. He's already spoken to the club that he wants to go to, and he's already agreed terms. I think with the club that he wants to go to. Um, then you look at well, where can Harry Kane go? You know, so let's. It's going to be in England. I think he's going to stay in England, uh, unless Real Madrid come knocking. But I, I think it's going to be in England. Um, and it's, co- it's a combination of things. Who've got the money? And you know, where will he win stuff? Um, Liverpool. I don't think they've got the money. Not for a Harry Kane size um, transfer fee. United are a possibility, but do you look at United and say, are, are they really going to challenge um, for the top honours? Chelsea, I think Chelsea will be challenging for the top honours. They've consistently done that, you know, despite you know them changing manager on a regular basis, that Russian roulette of manager. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a real hot uh, potato, that managerial chair at Chelsea. Um, and so they could afford him, but I think the fans would, you know, be up in arms against him. I don't think he'll go there. So he left with Manchester City, and it just it feels like uh, a good fit. You know, once again, you've got fans. You've got fans who are saying he's not fast enough. He doesn't fit into our system. The, the lad scored the most goals in the Premier League last season. He got the most assists last season. So he's dropped back and he's, he's, he's contributed vastly. Um, to, to what Spurs... Uh, I mean, Spurs weren't a great side, towards, especially towards the end of the season, but he kept scoring goals. So I, I, I like him. Uh, you know, people are criticising him for not doing brilliantly for England. Well, England has scored two goals. They haven't created a stack of chances in the Euros. So, you know, I don't think it's all on him. Uh, I think it's on the rest of the team and the manager. But I think Harry Kane, will, he'll score you those tap-ins. He'll, he's good in the air. Obviously, he's, he's much taller than Sergio Aguero, so he will provide an aerial threat. Uh, for us, um, he's good at penalties, so I think he'll score m- more penalties than City are currently scoring. That's going to help us. It'll help us win more games uh, for sure. No Penenkas from Harry Kane, and um, I think he'll help with the link-up play. I think he'll work hard. I think he'll score a ton of goals. Uh, people say he's 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 injury prone. Uh, I've said many times he averaged over the last seven seasons 33 Premier League games per season out of 38, so he's not missed too many. And he doesn't get a lot of rest at Spurs, I, I, I don't think. Um, they're forced to play their best players more often than not. City are fortunate enough to be able to, uh, now and again, uh, rotate their players and, and bring somebody else in. And uh, they'll do the business and you can rest somebody. So there's lots of good things, uh, you know, um, pointing us towards Harry Kane. Um, he wants to leave. Obviously, Daniel Levy doesn't want to let him go. And if he does let him go, he wants big, big money. Um, we don't know if there's a gentleman's agreement. It's, it, I think players are fools for having gentlemen's agreements uh, with clubs because the clubs don't need to honour it. There's nothing, you know, um, I, you can't you can't prove that agreement and it's it just leaves you in a mess. Will Harry Kane have to request a transfer? I, I think he might have to do it uh, behind the scenes. Um, 
But I think I think look, he's twenty seven, he'll be twenty eight in July. He wants to go, he wants to win stuff. And if he doesn't make that move now, when can he make that move to a top club? You know, who else is gonna take him? And since City, you know, City have won so many trophies in the last eight years, we've won eleven domestic trophies if you exclude uh, the charity shield or the community shield. So we're winning more than a trophy, one trophy every season. Um, you know, it, it's it's a place to go if you want to win trophies, especially if Pep's there. Um, all the signs are right. And it's just whether City can work out something with uh, the chairman, Daniel Levy, um, to get Harry Kane uh, to move up to Manchester. <clears throat> what sort of money do you think he'd go for then? Um, this is interesting. This is interesting. Levy will want £150 million. I don't think there's any question about that. Or, but the talk is City will pay £100 million plus player or players. That's interesting. And it's something I do want to talk about. And I'll, I'll talk about Douglas Louise at Aston Villa in, in this context as well. I'll bring that Grealish deal. Because um, you know, people are thinking, well, can City afford to spend £200 million plus on players? I don't think the, I don't think the finances of actually, you know, having the money. You can borrow the money from the from the bank if you need to, or you know, I don't think the the actual cash flow is the issue. It's uh, it's financial fair play. I think that's more of a concern, uh, especially with uh, last season not getting any gate receipts. This season, it, you know, comes up to August. We might not be having full stadium. We might only have ten thousand or twenty thousand in the stadium. So, you know, we might not get a full. Uh, return on our gate receipts, uh, match day income next season. So we might take a small hit there. But we've got other things coming in. The Puma deal kicked in last season. So that's helping us. A few other sponsorships are coming through. And I think also what's... Uh, I'm going to delve into a little bit of finances. It's really important. Financial fair play is only bothered about your profits and loss account. It's not bothered about your balance sheet and what goes on there. And, and it's really important to know that if um, players, when we buy a player... They go into your balance sheet at whatever you paid for them. So let's say, for argument's sake, we buy a player for, for £50 million and he goes into our balance sheet as an asset at £50 million. Let's say he's got a five-year contract. Okay, So what we do, we depreciate, or the technical term is amortise, his contract, his value over those five years. So in the profit and loss accounts, we'd have an expense of £10 million. That's £50 million divided by five. That's 10 million each season. So after two seasons, that player uh, balance sheet, his value, his asset value would be 30 million because we've you know, amortized him at 10 million pounds each season. Uh, after two seasons, that's 20 million. 50 to 20 is 30 million. Um, and but when you come to sell him, and here's the important thing when you come to sell him, you look at that book value. You don't look at what you paid for him. You, when you're looking at the finances, you look at the book value. So I'll, I'll give you a, a, a concrete example. Danilo. And this is what we did with Danilo when we sold him to Juventus and we got Cancelo going the other way. The price quoted for Danilo, in my opinion, was way more than what Danilo was worth. I think we sold, you, you know, we bought him for, let's say, 26, 28 million, something, 30 million, something like that. And we sold him, I think, for about 36 million pounds. Um, whereas a lot of us thought it was worth a lot less than that. And I think what City had done, I think he'd been here for two seasons. I think he came on a four-year contract. So we were amortising him about six and a half million pounds a season, let's say. Um, so after two seasons, his book value in the balance sheet, 
his asset value was 13 million. So when you sold him for 36 million, we made a profit of 23 million pounds in the accounts. For That's accounting profit. And that's fantastic for financial fair play purposes. Now, Juventus sold um, Concello for 60 million. Some people say he was only worth about 50 million. That was nearer his value. But what they've done is they've sold him for higher, a higher amount. And that will mean they'll get a higher profit on the sale of the player in their accounts. It's better for financial fair play purposes to do that. So that's what City did in the past. And I think we'll, we could end up doing the same with Harry Kane. So Levy wants 150 million for him in total. City don't want to pay that. So I think if we pay, let's say, 100 million and sell a player as well, for argument's sake, I'm just going to pick somebody out of the hat here, Gabriel Jesus. Let's say we want to sell Gabriel Jesus the other way. So this is, a, as I said, it's a great way. Uh, <laughs> some people call it a loophole. It's a great way to take advantage of the financial fair play to make it work to your benefit here. Let's say that um, we sell Gabriel Jesus for 60 million. Okay, let's say 60 million is, is the nominal figure. So mm -hmm. Spurs are getting a total of money and player of 160 million. So they say we sold Harry Kane for 160. Since he cost them nothing, they've got a profit in their accounts for financial fair play purposes of 160 million quid. It's fantastic for them, for their FFP. That's not great for City, but by, the, by selling Gabriel Jesus the other way for 60 million, he might only be worth. 40 million, let's say, but by by you know exaggerating his uh, transfer price, selling him for 60 million in in our accounts, Gabriel Jesus is probably were on the books. The asset value might only be about 15 million. So we make a huge profit in our in our accounting profit of 45 million pounds. That goes a long way to satisfying the issues with financial fair play. And I mentioned Douglas Louise. And uh, Jack Grealish, I think the same applies there. Villa won about 100 million. I don't think that we're going to pay that, uh, but it will look great. It will help them a lot. They spent a lot of money last year on players, wages, etc., and they're spending a lot of money this year on players and wages. So financial fair play is going to be an issue. So from their point of view, if they can sell Jack Grealish for 100 million pounds instead of 80, you know that's going to give them an extra 20 million pounds profit in their profit and loss accounts. As I said, that's great to combat the problems with financial fair play. What City could do, City could have this buyback clause on Douglas Weeds of £30 million. They could go to Villa and say, we, we're interested in doing buying him back. But Villa really want this player. You know, before COVID, I think when I, when I talked to Villa fans, they said he was their best. He was their most valuable asset after Jack Grealish. And when we talked numbers, we were saying £40 to £50 million. Pounds. That's what they thought he, he was worth. So we can do a... We can, Fiddle it, uh, in inverted commas, <laughs> fiddle it to, to say they pay us an extra 20 million quid for Douglas Louise. And I think when when I do all the numbers, it's great for City's accounts. It benefits City's accounts by about 16 million pounds. Once again, that's great for financial fair play. And, and, and on top of all that, we are, we will be looking to sell a lot of other players. Jack Harrison looks like he's going to make a permanent move to Leeds for about, uh, I can't remember, that 10 or 12 million quid, whatever it is. And, uh, uh, I think we've got a kid called... Uh, Pedro Porro. Pedro Porro. He might go to Sporting for about the same sort of money, maybe a little bit more. We've got Yangel Herrera. Um, he's looking like he's going. We've got one, uh, Illich, I think he's going. So we've probably got 50 million quids worth of sales as well. Put this all together, I think that satisfies financial fair play. Sorry, it's been a long uh, explanation, but it is really, really important. It shows that for, we can afford 
these players. We can't afford to spend £200 million because if you do spend £200 million, remember it's an asset. Those two players will go an asset. It'll hit our accounts for about £40 million a season. So mm-hmm. we'd have to re, you know, find a way to make that, that money back some other ways. And one is to sell players. So that's how, how I see it possibly happening financially we can afford it um but I, I always ask myself have the city boffins thought of this you know have they thought you'd like to think so you'd like to think they thought uh, all the loopholes that are possible and this is a, a, a legitimate way to do things um and if if they have then you know maybe city can make here get these two players and you know jack Grealish is what 25 so we'll have, we'll still have a lot of young players like phil forden fran torres jack Grealish. Uh, Ruben Diaz, uh, Zinchenko still quite young, um, and and, pl- and plenty of others who are, are young enough to be at City for the next five or six seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there really has only been speculation about those two players, um, mostly uh, so far uh, this summer, uh, Kane and Grealish. But I just wondered if you thought that um, City were looking at uh, bringing in anyone else. I mean, for example. Um, I just uh, had a quick, uh, a quick flick through the rags, and uh, they're linking City to Reese James. Um, no, and, uh, I don't. I, I, I can't really see that happening. No. I, okay, I, 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 there, there are probably lots of reasons why no, I don't see that. I don't see Chelsea wanting to let someone like Reese James go. Uh, and on top of that, Reese James' sister Lauren is uh, moving from Manchester United women to Chelsea women this summer. So. You know, I think they'd like to spend as a family spend time together. So I just cannot see Reese James coming up to Manchester City. Absolutely no chance. Is he a left back or a right back? <laughs> he got me there. I think he plays right back. Yeah, which wouldn't really make all that much sense either, unless Cancelo was thinking of leaving. Yeah, possibly. But um, if if Cancelo was thinking of leaving, surely you want a left back. You want a left back because Mendy's no left back. Well, that's yeah, that's basically where I was going with this because it seems to be the only other position in the team that's kind of weak. Um, in that, Benjamin Mendy doesn't really um, offer much of a, a backup um, these days, and uh, and there's no one that would probably take him unless he was to go on loan. So, um, I think you would see someone might take him cheaply, fifteen million quid. You know, from City's point of view, you get him off the books, maybe that. Uh, is 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 the way to do it? Just get rid of him and move on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's continue with that um, that idea of uh, possible departures. Um, now, the next most speculated uh, player that people think will leave City um, after Bernardo Silva is uh, Laporte, because uh, the, yeah. the basic calculation is. You know, obviously he's now an established international and he's not getting the game time. He's playing second fiddle. So what do you think there? Um, I don't want Laporte to leave. Um, no, me, me if either. he's unhappy and he wants to leave, I want him to fight. First, fight for your position. Yeah, Show some uh, bottle, show some uh, metal and fight for your position. If he still wants to leave next summer, I'm more... Uh, you know, I'd feel better for him to leave next summer than this summer, simply because I don't want to change too many players. I don't like changing too many players. Um, and if we're going to get Grealish and, and um, um, okay. Kane to change to, to lose Laporte and then have then, and then have to go out and buy a big name player or a big value player, because you know I, I don't think 
I want um, someone like Aki as my next next cab on the rank. I'd like someone uh, a lot better than that. So I, I wouldn't want to do that business this summer. I wouldn't want to be pushed because City wouldn't, you know, I suspect would not have anticipated this push for, if Laporte wants to leave. Uh, and if, if if you know if it's if it's happening, it's happened late. So I don't think City would want um, you know this to happen. It'd be a lot better to have have it happen next summer, um, and that's when I'd like it to happen if it's going to happen. Because as I said, going out and buy somebody now, it's going to be very difficult if it's a last minute decision. Mm-hmm. Are there any other departures that you could envisage? Well, Pete, I think there's just rumours and. We've always said, you know, 90% of rumours are made up or or unlikely to happen. But I I think pretty much a lot of them are made up. There's a rumour that Sterling wants to leave. Uh And I'm I'm thinking, but isn't he already trying to renegotiate a new contract? So why Uh would he leave if he's negotiating a new contract? And once again, who can afford him? If you say the price tag on Sterling is £100 million, um, he wants at least £300,000 a week. Who can afford him? He's not going to go back to Liverpool. He's not going to go to United. Arsenal and Spurs are out of the question. I mean, really, because that's a massive down um, downsizing there. Did Chelsea want him? I doubt it. Bayern Munich? Can't see it. PSG? Maybe. Uh, and then you've got Real Madrid and that's it. I don't think Real Madrid can afford to spend £100 million and pay Sterling at least £300,000 a week. So I just don't see any merit, in honestly, in that, uh, unless he's pushing to leave. People have talked about Gabriel Jesus being a lightweight in a hurricane deal or something else, that's a possibility. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a replacement for Sergio Aguero. I just don't think he scores enough goals. He's got a different skill set, but he doesn't score enough goals. I'd like to see him play more on the left for City or play as part of a, a two-pronged attack, but that's not, not going to happen that much. And if we get Grealish, this can happen even less. And if we keep Sterling and um, Forden on the left, then where does that leave Gabriel Jesus? You know, if we get Kane, he just, Gabriel Jesus is not going to play in centre forward. Um, so I, I just don't see a long term future. So he's one. People have talked about Mares leaving. I find that hard. I think he's, he's now settled down. He's one of the best five players at City last season. But once again, you know, I think if, if PSG come in for him, he might look at that. If Real Madrid come in for him, I think he'll look at that. So, you know, people's heads can be turned. But his name has been mentioned. And, and obviously, Mendy, you know, we just need shot of him. Um, someone said he's just an expensive cheerleader. You know, if if City could prove that having Mendy on the books helps us to win, even if he doesn't play, then I'll accept it. But right now, I don't believe it. What about Cancelo? Um, that's that's an interesting one. Cancelo, the first season, he did want to leave. Okay, he was unhappy with his game time. But that's what's that's what's going to happen. It's going to take a little bit of time uh, to to settle in at City and find your feet. Um, and then towards the end of last season, he he played left back. He played well, and for me, he was our first choice left back. This season, he's been up and down. He went through a, a real good purple patch where he was awesome, absolutely fantastic, and so much so that we were you know as fans talking about Carl Walker saying he's he's finished at City because Cancelo's taken over. He's He's contributing so much in the attacking uh, um, third of the pitch and he's defending reasonably well, uh, showing good maturity and, uh, and sense and tactical awareness. And we just thought, yep, you know, Walker's finished at City. We, we need to start looking for somebody else as a backup because I'm sure Walker won't want to stick around being 30 years old and a second choice. And then 
KDB came back. KDB had been injured, um, and that KDB's injury coincided with uh, the purple patch for Cancelo and Ilkay Gundogan. And as soon as K- KDB came back, those two players went backwards, uh, Cancelo and Gundogan. Um, because I think KDB takes their space. He wants the ball. So Cancelo was less creative. And then suddenly his defending was pants. It was it became absolutely horrible. And maybe that's all to do with confidence because he's not in the game uh, as much. Um, but KDB's presence affected him. And I think it affected Gundogan all, as, as well. Cancelo... I don't want him to go. You know, if he goes, we'd have to get, we'd have to replace him. And that, that you know, a guy who can play on either uh, uh, wing is 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 great to have that flexibility. Um, so I wouldn't want to have to replace him. I mean, if if he left, we've got we left with a right back of Kyle Walker, nobody else, a left back of Zinchenko and Mendy. I'm not comfortable with that. Maybe Aki and Laporte can play there, but I'm not comfortable. Um, with um, just Mendy and uh, Zinchenko, you know, because they're they're the attacking fullbacks that we want. Aki and Laporte really aren't. So losing Cancelo right now would would hurt, I think. So for me, if I was saying who would who would who would I be comfortable in letting go? Jesus and Mendy. Uh, if they left, I wouldn't complain. You've got to remember in the attacking phase as well. Uh, and attacking positions, that uh, Liam Delapi is going to be coming through next season. He's going to be playing with the first team. He'll be training full-time with the first team, so he's going to have his opportunities. And I think um, Cole Palmer will get a few opportunities as well. So we'll have cover, maybe not experienced top-quality cover, but um, you know, if, if Kane was injured or suspended, then maybe we'll go back to a false nine while he's out and then back to uh, having a striker when Kane was fit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only other person I think that I've seen us linked with uh, with a move away is Nathan Ake. Um, I find that rubbish again. Mm-hmm. I really find that rubbish um, because he struggled last season, but everybody did because it was a messy season with COVID. He was out for a, a long time um, with an injury. So, you know, how can anybody expect him to play a lot of games when he's out with an injury and, and COVID and everything else messed, us up, messed up the season? Um, now, next season, hopefully, he'll get a, a, pr- a proper crack at it. Um, I, I can't see him wanting to go after just one season. He's look, he's, he's won two trophies, you know, uh, and I, most players in his position would would stay another at least another season to see how it pans out, to see if they're getting again the game time that he wants, and if not, like Danilo did a couple of seasons ago, leave after winning. You know, Danilo left after winning two league titles two Carabao Cups and one FA Cup in two seasons. So maybe Nathan Aki could do the same. If he's not happy next summer, leave. And he's already got two trophies. Hopefully we'll get a couple more next season and he'll walk away uh, with a medal haul that he's probably unlikely to get anywhere else. Well, I think that's a good summary of the situation, uh, Ray. But before uh, before we let you go, um, let me know what you think of uh, the City players' performance uh performances so far at the Euros and, and how far you think um, uh, well a three part question really, how far you think England will go and how how you think that uh, tournament will, will finish up Well I'll be honest, um, the group stages I don't watch too many games uh, I'm, I'm not that enamoured with the international football at the moment um, you know the fact that they're playing so many games to go from 24 teams to, down to just 16 you know it's, <laughs> they've all, they're all, they all eliminated eight teams so 
I wasn't that keen to watch because I just thought it was just a fudge to play lots of extra games, which is obviously what they're doing. All these extra games mean extra money. You know, they could have gone down. To, I would have preferred them just to go down to um, eight teams and play the quarters. But you know, they made sure they had an extra eight games. So um, it is what it is now. So I've not watched too much. Um, City players, obviously, Sterling's the only goal scorer England have. I don't think he's done a lot. He's looked exciting when he's on the ball, but that's because he's fast and he moves his feet quickly, and that you know is exciting. Um, I don't think he's been brilliant, but he scored the two goals for England, so you can't take that away from him. Foden obviously didn't play the last game because he had a yellow card. It would be a shame if he lost his position because he didn't play because of, he was they were worried that he might get a second yellow card and be um, um, out of the next game, you know, uh, suffer a, a suspension for the next game. So in, in in the knockout stages, so he's done okay. He's not been the Scotland game was a poor poor game. I mean, England lowered their level a lot, and Scotland raised their level a lot, uh, and which ended up a really poor game in my opinion in terms of quality. Um, so you, no one really shone there. Stones, I think Stones has done perfectly well um, in his, you know, where he's been playing. I, I think he's very comfortable. He's a very solid defender. Happy with him. Walker, I think he's had, was it one or two games? I can't remember now. So he's, uh, you know, he, it's been mix and match for him. The Port's done okay for Spain. Diaz has struggled for Portugal at the back. They let a lot of goals in. He's not looked as assured because... It's a massive difference between Portugal's national team and Man City's team because Man City, you know, the defenders are protected um, by what's in front of them and by the fact that City have so much possession. Whereas at Portugal, they're a little bit more open. They don't have as much possession as City. And opposition teams put the defence under more pressure. And Ruben Diaz under pressure, people make mistakes. So he's, he's not looked brilliant. He's looked okay. Uh, but not maybe as good as you'd 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 like. Obviously, Cancelo contracted COVID for the tournament and was replaced, so he's not there. Um, so I mean, I think those are the main English ones. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Gundogan's done, and Germany haven't really done brilliant. We'll we'll see what he's he's made of uh, when they play England. So it's it's been a bit underwhelming for me overall. Um, I'll, I'll I'll watch a few of the obviously a few of the knockout games. Who do I think will win it? That's a tough one. I mean, Italy are through. Had a rocky game against Austria tonight. Um, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I think France will be there or thereabouts, and Belgium will be there or thereabouts. So I think those three, um, you know, a strong, uh, probably the strongest teams left in the tournament. Um, England and Germany, I think they come a bit, a bit um, down the pecking order. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's about right. Just uh, the. For anyone that is uh, doesn't know, of course, Italy scored a late uh, uh, winner in extra time and uh, got that game two one. Of well, course, yeah, er, yeah. earlier earlier Wales were beaten four 0 by uh, Denmark, um, and uh, the Danish look um, look interesting as well. But uh, yeah, it's one of those tournaments where you're only really interested as a city supporter if you're, you're looking at watching whole games. It's really the knockout games among the big uh, teams, I think, because mm. as you said, it's been a very protracted uh, a tournament, hasn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, um, you know, it's a, it uh, sometimes feels painful. It's, it is, it's all about the money. 
You know, there's not that many countries in Europe. So why are we um, having so many games? There's another thing I was going to mention before we forget about the transfers. If, um, you know, it looks like Jadon Sancho is going to end up at Man United. I think City will get probably around £10 million from the sell-on clause. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's an extra bit of money. So I think City are definitely getting 50, 60 million quid this summer from sales. Yep, yep. Well, I think that's pretty much... uh everything i think that we want to talk about but i think obviously this is an ongoing and very fluid situation so uh for our listeners we will probably be back uh, with uh, another uh transfer update uh pod or or or, or two and uh, um you're not having colin savage on 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 tonight with us because um he doesn't do transfer speculation mm-hmm. <laughs> and i i can understand why because it is a very frustrating um situation and and as as ray pointed out 90 percent of it is total rubbish um but i think that'll do us um for now unless you've got anything else that you wanted to mention uh, Ray. no I, I think that's it we'll probably reconvene in a few weeks maybe after the euros and hopefully some deals start to go through okay well we'll leave it there and uh as I said, we'll be we should be back with you, you know, uh, as Ray said there, uh, in a couple of weeks if anything has moved. But um, Ray, in the meantime, thank you so much for coming on. No worries, mate. Always a pleasure. Fantastic, guys. So um, we will uh, we'll talk again um, anon. But until the, uh, until then, we'll finish off as we always do by saying, "Have one on us. Uh, enjoy your summer and up the blues."